Hi, I'm Dr. Gamma Verdian from Dental Lounge. Would you like to increase your success, whether it be personal success or career success? Studies have proven that enhancing your smile can enhance your quality of life in every way. I've seen hundreds of patients for porcelain veneers and smile makeovers with amazing results. Simply tap the banner and book your free consultation and I'll be happy to show you. And best of all, ask about our interest-free payment plans. Dental Lounge Macquarie Street. Create success with your smile. Brunswick Sharehouse Studios on a Monday night. Welcome to For Fuck's Sake. My name is Jason. The whole gang is back for the first time in four months, I think, three or four months. Uh, so Jason here joining me um, in the studio is a chief analyst back for a third season. Dave, the self-appointed chief analyst. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for the welcome, Jace. Uh, feeling pretty orgasmic tonight. It's good to have oh. the, the VUC back on. Why are you feeling orgasmic? Oh, just uh, off the back of uh, a message that the uh, For Vuck's Sake account got this morning about uh, a specific female listener of the show and uh, <laughs> some, uh, some intimate relations that she had just completed. Oh, yeah, what happened? And uh, right at the end, uh, the, the climactic point uh, said, climactic fuck's point. sake. And the uh, partner in crime said, don't you mean for Vuck's sake? No, I think, I think the partner said, wait a second, did you say for Vuck's sake or for Vuck's sake? <laughs> well, I might have got that wrong. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that really got us roused up this morning and excited for the podcast and that's how I feel. I think the, the clincher for that story was said person uh, then immediately got our, our personas in her head Yeah. and then uh, finished off. That, that was it. Romance over. So thanks to our yeah. listener who sent that message in uh, bright and early on a Monday morning. We do appreciate all fan contacts, uh, even the orgasmic ones. Uh, the voice you just heard then is the man of the people coming off a long spell in Europe. Buds, welcome. Looking... He's the national man of leisure. And Look... I swear to God, I've slept like five hours in the last two days, so I don't know what I'm going to bring to the table tonight, but it'll be good. So looking, you're looking tan, you're looking tired. Um, how has the, the last six weeks been? What have you been doing exactly? Mad. Uh, spent a couple of weeks chilling out in my wife's hometown in Herzegovina and doing little day trips to Croatia. So just basically sitting in the hottest city in Europe mm-hmm. and just loving it, uh, doing what you usually do there and partaking in all the good food and all the, uh, the beer you can drink, all the homemade booze. Really living the Slav life, doing plenty of squats. Yeah. And then we ended up going on a road trip to Munich. So took in uh, such lovely places as uh, Serbia and Croatia and Hungary and went and saw my family in the Czech Republic, which was nice. And then to Germany and Slovenia and Austria and then back for a couple of weeks sitting on the beach in Croatia. So All the R's. Slovenia, Austria, 
Herzegovina. Yeah. All the R's. All the R's, all the Slav countries. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I didn't spend one single fucking day, maybe one in Munich, under 25 degrees, and I am absolutely hating life at the moment. He does look pretty tan, doesn't he? It'd be a big challenge for a strawberry, uh, strawberry blonde type it's, to deal with that kind of heat. It's, yeah. it's a big challenge. Uh, on the hmm. arms and torso, because I'm rugged up now because I'm back in Melbourne, I actually got probably the most colour in my life. Wow. Which is good. Not too bad. What did you say, Jason, when he got back? He was complaining about the cold and you were saying... Yeah, he was. Mel- yeah. Melbourne man Melbourne. shocked by Melbourne winter. <laughs> every time someone does this, every time yeah. someone goes overseas to Europe or stuff like that, they either come back and they hate on anything Melbourne. You know, they don't... Like a kind of typical Euro snob, oh, this is how they do it in Europe. It's so much better. I, ha- I hate here and stuff like that. I also hate people coming back and complaining about the weather. It's the middle of fucking winter. We're coming towards the end of it now, I guess. Is that because your European adventure got halted at the Department of Immigration? Yeah, I've never told that story on the yeah, podcast before, have I? need to spend a good slab of, of good, like the Slavic lands and see what it's like. Because you'll come back going, we pay too much for everything here. This is shit. <laughs> The weather's crap. They go for a sleep in the middle of the day. Oh, I know. I, I found love a it. secret on why these people live until, if they're not completely fat, how they live till about 85, 90, because it's just all about Polarco. Yeah. It's just all slowly, about slowly, slowly, slowly taking it easy. <laughs> no one fucking wo- no one works. It's just, it's mad. It's amazing they have such a high life expectation given that 80% of the people in Croatia smoke. Oh, and if you don't smoke, you passive smoke. Yeah. I, was, I was in a shopping centre in Herzegovina. Yeah. This is the buds hour now. Was it's the, uh, the off-season. We've got time to fill. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a shopping centre, and I've been there many times. It's my third trip back to, uh, to Mostar, and, you know, the beautiful region of Herzegovina. But in the shopping centre, you can just have a dart. This is like You can just sit down and have a dart in the shopping centre. If you want to go into the restaurant inside the shopping centre, you can have a dart too. Just do whatever the fuck you want. Now, if you want to have a dart inside a restaurant in uh, in Melbourne, you have to stand four metres away from anyone. Yeah, or Disgusting. the restaurant has to take food off the menu so they can cater for the smokers. And like, you know, they've actually been doing that. Restaurants yeah, yeah. have been deciding, well, not restaurants per se, but the actual bars and things like that, either deciding between food or cigarettes yeah, in the Melbourne, Greeks and they're deciding on cigarettes. Yeah, big big shout-out to the Greek community in Oakley who decided, fuck this law change, you just can't eat outside anymore. <laughs> We're going to keep the smokers. It's very, um, it's very good, the trip to... To sum it all up, got to see some good football. Got to finally go and see Hajduk split at Poljud and a Europa League qualifier against the Danish powerhouse Bronby. Uh, saw the Herzegovina Derby. Uh, you came into a bit of trouble, didn't you? Was there some kind of ultras? Was there a uh, Scottish team in town? It's a funny story. I was wearing the Sud t shirt. Yeah. I was with some locals, uh, with some split natives, uh, my wife's cousins. And. Some of the ultras, some of the big boys were walking through the streets and were walking from one of the flats to the game. Huge games, like 40-odd thousand. Yeah. Um, full house. And they noticed the soot on the T-shirt. And I could understand. And I was like, what the fuck are these fucking Germans? Why, why have we got Germans coming to our games? And the guy with him was like, settle down, man. Settle down. There's, there's tourists around. There's tourists. There's somebody's like, fuck this. No fucking Germans in my club. No fucking Germans. I was like, oh, shit. You know, uh, I said to Wayne when uh, I saw some of the new Sud clothing come out, I go, oh, gee, the font on that particular hoodie looks a bit third right. 
<laughs> and, a, and a good reminder at this point as well that you can buy Sud Casuals oh, gear yeah, still on um, Sudcasuals.com. <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty of the Austrians in Vienna were looking at the Sud gear too. They loved it. So I took it worldwide. It's good. It's good fun. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into the podcast now, I suppose. There's plenty, uh, plenty to talk about. It is the off-season, but still lots happening, uh, especially in the last week or so. Uh, we're going to discuss the FFA Cup game against Adelaide, a uh, disappointing 3-0 defeat um, against Adelaide. Minute of the Week returns, uh, one of the favourite segments on the podcast. We're also not only going to award a Minute of the Week, but also look back over the off-season at some of the uh, moments we may have missed. Uh, there's some tidbits. Um, Mateo Sanchez, the new signing from Melbourne Victory, we're going to discuss how he fits into the team and we'll discuss Dave's theory on what he thinks that means for Kevin Musket's formation moving into, into the new season. Uh, a few general transfer news, if there's any kind of rumours floating about or what we need to uh, to get still before the start of the season. Uh, we'll discuss the Socceroos call-ups. Teresa Milligan, of course, named in the final 23. The new kits are released. Uh, a big moment for any Vuck fan is when the new kits are released. They love chatting about the new kits and we're going to discuss that and dissect it all uh, tonight. And we'll also discuss a little bit of North Terrace going on. So I'm, I'm allowed to use that word, North Terrace. I think, I think it's, it's trademarked. Uh, North End. Under copyright. Yeah, it's North End, I'm sorry. Uh, excuse my uh, my ignorance there. It's the North End. Uh, we'll discuss a few uh, goings on around the North End and we'll look ahead to the next uh, friendly match, which I think is in Ballarat, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It is, yeah. No. No? Yes, <laughs> you told yes, me it was it Ballarat, is. Dave. Yes, Morshead Park. A reminder, you are listening to a Vuxake, the best and only victory podcast, as you can tell. We're still shaking off the cobwebs after a few months off. The uh, music theme tonight, uh, a fixture of, of uh, for Vuxake throughout the seasons. Uh, had a little bit of trouble deciding on a music theme. I just looked at who was touring, touring in Melbourne this week, and uh, one of my favourite bands, Client Liaison, are touring in Melbourne. So that's the music theme, Client Liaison. So let's get into it. You are listening to For Vuck's Sake. Wednesday evening. It was a disappointing loss for Melbourne Victory in the FFA Cup, bundled out in the round of, what is it, 16, 32, something like that. 16. Yep. The rigged round. The rigged round. Yeah, Melbourne Victory get a, uh, another A-League opposition again. Unfortunately, this time going down to Adelaide United. 3-0 at Marden Sports Complex last Wednesday. Uh, if you have a look at the starting lineups for Melbourne Victory, though, you'd say we probably went out there with our strongest possible 11, but for whatever reason, it just didn't click on the night, um, outclassed by a team who is actually making some pretty decent signings. They've made some you know, decent moves in the off-season, so probably showing that they're a little bit more advanced in, in their, uh, their own preparations for the upcoming A-League season, which is probably no real surprise. Dave, you're the, uh, the chief analyst. Tell us how you saw it and tell us where we went wrong um, and if anything went right. 
Yeah, you're right about the starting lineups. Uh, considering the great result, you know, prior to that against Brisbane, where we absolutely smacked them, we went in with arguably a, a stronger lineup this time. Valeri returned to the centre of midfield, pushing Broxham out to left back, which when you look at the entire squad, that is probably the strongest starting lineup. So I, I think I had a lot of confidence about this game going into it, uh, as, as distinct from the Brisbane encounter, which I actually didn't have a lot of confidence about. Well, that game probably gave us some false hope that we could compete with any team at the moment, despite the fact we are still a little bit behind, especially with the signings we're still yet to make and, I guess, to make up the team. We don't know how it's going to work out at the moment. Yeah, and look, we're obviously victory-centric here, but I think some of the Adelaide United signings under their new German gaffer, Kurz, um, have gone under the radar a fair bit. They've Mm. signed uh, a couple of interesting players, uh, one of them the... uh, Goal scorer Absalonson. And um, the most interesting one, though, is uh, Ursan Gulum, who is actually um, of Australian descent but um, chose to represent Turkey, mm. I believe, and has been spending a lot of time in the Turkish top flight. So, look, they've actually had quite a bit of list turnover. I was just about to say that. I'm looking at their list now. I'm, admittedly, I've, I was away for both FFA Cup encounters, but I did have a look at Adelaide's list management early in the season and they were a big mover and shaker along with Western Sydney. This team is completely different. Mm. Marco Kurtz has gone and absolutely just cleaned it out. It's a real weird one. I mean, obviously, the, there's some similarities from last season. Isais was the captain on the night and, you know, he's a, he's a rock in the centre of the park. But, you know, they made some strange signings in, you know, Vinnie Lear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, it's which, amazing. He, he, he's only like thirty-five or something like that. It just feels like he's been he's been around literally forever. For as long as our league's been there, he's been around. So a journeyman mm. in every sense of the word, really. I mean, the key thing to note is that they also are a club that we saw last year as well. Blood a lot of kids. Mm. Who I think that is the big takeaway from this particular game. The kids always have extra desire and extra intensity about their game. And that is really what was missing from us, particularly in that second half. Adelaide just wanted it more. Yeah, I was going to say, where do we lose it? Because when I looked, uh, I forget where I was, and I checked in, I finally got some Wi-Fi um, and saw that it was a 3-0 drubbing. And the people on social media were losing their minds, saying it was possibly the worst second half ever. A lot of the narrative was no plan B. It was a lot of stuff we've heard before. No flexibility, no creativity. Apparently Costa Barbarossa's had a bit of a shocker. Uh, when the midfield's not firing, Barisha's completely isolated. Was it, was it a lot of the same from last year when we had that patch in the season where we just didn't look like we were going to score and we were just yeah. a dead shit boring team to watch? Lots of parallels. I mean, that that first half, Adelaide had this obvious game plan of unsettling unsettling us and the way we play. They were actually quite roughhouse in their tactics. Uh, We'll get into some of the uh, aftermath around that shortly. But they really just tried to, you know, play a bit of a bruising encounter against us. And, look, to begin with, it didn't look like it was going to work because we actually dominated... A lot of the possession in the first half created a few chances uh, and, you know, obviously didn't capitalise. And, you know, the, the real feeling coming out in the second half was that we would actually start to take the ascendancy. But the complete opposite happened. The second half was just a complete mirror image. Sorry. <laughs> complete contrast 
And Adelaide United outplayed us in just about every facet of the game. Are there any players' performances that you can take some kind of positive out of? I mean, I saw, I mean, obviously, a few mistakes led to goals with uh, with victory. Um, so a few poor performances. Any decent performances we can take away from? Yeah, look, I'm not going to get too bogged down in this result because it's the first loss of the off-season. We've, we've managed to string together wins in every game bar this one. I actually have been really surprised and impressed so far with Reese Williams and the way he is, I guess commanding that back four there's there's a lot of I guess uh, experience between those shoulders when it comes to you know where his career once was and I think when he's fit and can you know stay on the park uh, he's he's above the A-League in terms of the, the calibre he of has that to he be is. because we completely just discarded a very good player mm. for us last year in Alan Burrow um, it was there was no real reason behind it, and there was nothing really from the club. It was just like grand final morning. Alan's gone. Alan's going. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. So he was a really good player. So Reese Williams had to be a good player. Now, do you see him and Donicky working well together? Have they shown it that they're going to form a formidable partnership for us? I think they're still feeling each other out. I noticed Donicky um, was quite uh, cocky with a lot of his sort of advances forward. He's quite happy to, you know, take on some of the attacking players, you know, coming out of defence, which I would actually prefer that if we're going to have two central defenders, that only one of those guys do that mm. and that it's Reese Williams because he is a guy that we know can play in defensive midfield as well, has a good pass on him. And, um, yeah, I don't want to see, you know, us being too adventurous with both centre-halves. So I think that's that's a really a good good sign early on. As for everything else, there, there doesn't appear to be much different and I think that ties back in with a lot of the Twitter stuff that we saw about people being a bit concerned about there being no plan B. Adelaide had us pegged and had us figure it out and, you know, as soon as that happened, we had absolutely no avenues to goal. Uh, so I think... That's why a lot of people were frustrated. Sorry, in defence, at the at the present moment, we kind of can't have a plan B because we yeah. don't really have any other players. There's no one. There's no depth we there. Ba- we had a bench of sexy eyes, Deng, Hope, and Negro. Like that's yeah. that's it. Negro Negro is the guy that was obviously against Brisbane, put in at left back, and you know he was serviceable without being great, but he's not a left back. Uh, you know, he's not left-sided and we're going to get on to transfer talk. But, you know, at the moment we're still plugging holes, still don't have that Rojas replacement. But really, that second half, I struggle to recall many moments where Barisha even took possession of the ball. Uh, Costa, yeah, was just completely defended out of the game as well. So it's a, it's just a little bit concerning. I, I actually <laughs> had had myself wondering... Have we just put the queue in the rack here? Do we? Do we? You know, is it, is there something that the club have perhaps did, sort of did said? We, did we call for that the other week? I did. You did call for that. I did. Fuck, fuck the FFA Cup. Let's just sign some players and yeah. Well, I, my yeah thought was my thought process. I know everyone wants to win everything, but it's not possible. You, you can't win everything with a twenty twenty three man squad. Unfortunately, we're going to be competing for Champions League, yeah. A League, and FFA Cup. I think it's just. While it's it's good to you know want to compete for it, I just don't think it's it's viable. I mean, there's there's not enough 
team players in our squad. So my thought was, let's you know throw away the FFA Cup, let's focus on the A League and the ACL. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I guess the way it mixes in anyway, I think the 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 FFA Cup's probably done towards what November, December, then the ACL kicks into gear around March. So probably it's not really. It is. My point's I mean, a little bit stupid. There's there's an interesting thing that I found was you know we're going to talk about the Socceroos games coming up and how Milligan and Troisi are obviously part of the squad. You know, those two guys absolutely bossed the midfield against Brisbane mm-hmm. and, you know, in that second half against Adelaide had no effect on the game. Yeah. So that's the key, I guess, to really nullifying us. Um, those two guys are super important. And this probably ties into, you know, we're going to talk about Matias Sanchez mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, it was a bit of a surprising signing, yeah. you know, given that his pedigree looks as though he's more of a defensive midfielder than he is yeah. an attacking one. Well, we will talk about that in just a moment. I think we can probably leave the LA game there. It's a, essentially, it's a glorified preseason game. Uh, there's not much to t- take away from it because we've still got so many players to sign. It's probably a different way to how we'll play in the uh, in the season proper, hopefully we hope we hope there's a plan B coming. There has to be after three years. No that, there has to be a plan no B. Idea, but I just hope that it's a bit of a wake up call as well. Because uh, look, I don't think there was anything particularly amazing about the way Adelaide played. Uh, I just think you know, there was just a bit more desire and intent, and in some of their young players who were, who were given pretty integral roles in the team in set in the centre of midfield and and places like that. Whilst when it comes to us. And playing kids in, you know, we'll throw Negro in at, at left back, you know, and is that really the place where he's going to shine? Well, yeah, that's all things we need to figure out. Yep. But in the meantime, it's time to roll the music that we haven't rolled in about four months. It is Mehmet of the Week time. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's... Mehmet Jurakovic. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's We hope there's a quite a few new listeners jumping on board with us this year for luck's sake. So if you're not sure of what member of the week is, uh, it's a weekly segment where got um, that's been going for what about two years now, uh, named after our you know much. Heralded coach, infamous coach, Mehmet Durakovic. Um, I want to call the uh, the member of the week trophy, perhaps the Giancarlo Galafoco Memorial Trophy. Um, I think he's still claiming freebies, Giancarlo. No, he is. Yeah, he is. He, oh, he he's playing the conference or something. Or yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah, he's still doing it. He's play, he's claiming freebies at I think Fitness First or something like that. Um, so a shout out to a former winner of uh, of member of the week, Giancarlo Galafoco, the fringe player who was claiming freebies at every kind of opportunity he could get. The last year's winner was Tim Cahill. Um, so we're going to start with a new season of uh, Memory of the Weeks. And uh, we do thank people who are already submitting ideas for their Memory of the Weeks. Um, we obviously have been off air for about four months now. This is the first one in about four months. So I wanted to go through a few of the ones we missed over the off-season. And the first one is actually, you know, something we actually didn't talk about in the grand final edition of For Buck's Sake. And that's George Columbaris, who actually over the last week or two has pleaded guilty to assault at the grand final. Now, it's kind of interesting a little bit uh, because any other any other person who would plead assault to a game, an A-League game, would be banned for quite a while. But quite to the contrary, uh, George Calabaris is still being celebrated by the club. Uh, very kindly, we were given 
uh, some tickets to the victory medal and he wasn't how do I say he wasn't you know ignored or anything like that in, in fact he, they, got uh, a, he got an ovation he got an ovation there yeah people screaming yeah so Zappers who was emceeing the night um, said we we still we still love you George and he, they played up a uh, what was it a video message video from, message from George, George. C- congratulating the the players on the season which was quite interesting yeah. I just want to expand on that a little bit uh, because there have been calls and we can't ignore those calls from fans a certain section of Talk fans about a social media reaction yeah yeah, I mean, the, the the calls have been out there for George Columbaris, who's currently a club ambassador, is currently the number, number one, one ticket, ticket holder, holder, whatever that means, uh, is you know, they're calling for him to to relinquish, I guess, his roles with the club. What do you what do you guys think about that? He didn't help himself when he became an enemy of the state when he refused to pay his workers on Sundays was the uh, championing the, the Sunday penalty rate how funny was that we were joking about that for like a year and a half that yeah. it broke that actually he wasn't paying his workers <laughs> and then after su- championing the the reduction in Sunday penalty rates it came out that he actually wasn't paying his work was underpaying his workers to the tune mm-hmm. of over five million dollars over a certain amount of time claiming uh, an, an error yeah a uh, human error uh then he came out and told everyone that enough was enough. Didn't like the flares. Didn't like the flares. And then has come out and assaulted someone at a game. So there are a lot of people and a lot of people out there, more than you would think, that don't want this guy representing the club. It's interesting you mentioned that um, victory medal night thing. I think that's kind of illustrative of there's, there's, there's two tiers of Melbourne victory fans in some respects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those events sort of tend to be frequented by, you know, Victory in Business and Victory Medal. You know, it's a formal event and everything like that. They kind of probably have a different take on the role George Columbaris has at the club. Whilst the great unwashed, the people, us, have a completely contrasting view on the kind of example someone representing the club should lead. Uh, but, yeah, it, look, I think uh, it's the club's probably not really listening to all that external noise about it. They're quite happy to get George around to their house to cook for them. Well, no, I think you make a good point, though, in the fact that George Columbaris is essentially a household name in Australia. He's part of the mainstream. And to have someone on, on your side who supports Melbourne Victory, which, let's face it, the A-League still has got a ways to go in terms of promotion and things like that. To have George Columbaris, you know, singing the praises of Melbourne Victory probably does help them uh, in terms of a, a, a business point of view yeah, and also exposure. We do. Good friend of the show. The top end of town like associating with Calamvirus types. Yeah, yeah. They like they like frequenting these business lunches and being able to schmooze the type of him and him and the like. Um, that's the that's the real, you know, polarizing point here. Oh, that's where it the begins. club that's, as a business. That's where it begins. See, and see and it our, as a marketing thing. Yeah, see it as a yeah. Our club's all about the 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 long lunches and those kind of bullshit. Uh, elements of the uh, the social scene, and that's uh, you've just killed our yeah. I know. Of another invite. We're mate. done. We're not going to get any more free tickets. <laughs> my views are my own. <laughs> um, yeah, look, if if it was anybody else, uh, this, this is what get, gets my goat. Was anybody else being charged with assault at an A League game inside an A League venue? They'd be banned for fuck like five to ten years. Yeah, so 
And for for not the for the club to not even release a statement saying we condemn this, but we still you know, we still get behind it, but we condemn what he did. Yeah. They've completely just ignored the fact that it ever happened, and then go still celebrate him at the victory medal, which I thought was interesting. But we do see the the kind of both sides of the fence on that one. Uh, the next one is Aaron Chen, who you might remember from the coverage ABC Two coverage uh, of Liverpool versus Sydney. Um, <laughs> didn't have much idea. I, I think it was uh, well. I'm just going to play the the the. Uh, uh, the audio, and you can uh, take a trip down memory lane and see how it sounds. Hold that, hold that thought, Tegan, because we're about to go to Aaron Chang. I hear we've got across to him right now. Aaron Chang's time is very important. He works on very precise moments. Aaron, are you there? Hello. Hey. Aaron. hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, my gosh, it's going so crazy. These are some of the wildest dudes I've ever met. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's one of the biggest fans in the world. He doesn't even have... Oh, he's got a shirt. Good on you, mate. Um, so it's all been all a game of possession so far. What's your favourite possession? Possession? Possession or possession? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I love, I, I love uh, the possession up front. Love the strong. Well, let me just say I've just been possessed by the spirit of football. I love it. Boys, was this a stroke of comedic genius or just uh, a dickhead doing nothing? My initial reactions back when it actually happened was this guy's a dickhead. But having now listened back to it a few times, I just think he was operating on a different plane to the people that he was talking to. He was talking about possession and, you know, I kind of knew where he was coming from. The audience were like, are you talking about position or possession? He was doing a bit of wordplay. What's what's your favourite possession? As in, you know, is, is your guitar your favourite possession? You know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> I think that's a yeah, yeah. That's reading into it quite a bit. We yeah, are, well, I am. We explained it to you a couple of times as it was happening. That <laughs> this guy's winding everyone up. Dave. Yeah. Like, no, he's dickhead. <laughs> like, no, he's winding everyone up. You have, just have to YouTube him and see his comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, look, having now, you know, had a. What is it now? A few months to uh, mm. process it all. I actually think the guy's got game. No, I, I like that type of comedy. That you know, the Andy Kaufman type of awkward comedy, or you know, uh, Sean McAuliffe. But it probably just wasn't the right atmosphere or the right it wasn't audience the right from time. It. And I, I suppose yeah. after the audience had put up with them putting the uh, the lineups on a white, on, a, on a whiteboard and fridge magnets, everyone was <laughs> sitting there going, "This is this a disgrace." And you saw guys of like Robbie Slater's type losing their minds on social media. And, uh, yeah, once again, another tip of the cap to Soccer Twitter who just never let anything go and they... Oh, it was a big night for Soccer Twitter. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. It was yeah. great. Uh, another one that we missed from the off-season is the Talking City Boys. If you're not aware of what Talking City is, uh, we're part of the Outside 90. I think it's rebranded as the Daily Football Show podcast networks. A whole bunch of different clubs have their own little fan podcasts. For Buck's sake is one of them. Obviously the best, the highest rating, their, their flagship podcast. The one they all want to be. Yeah, another podcast is... Is Talking City. That's run by a few of the Talking City boys. Now, we did get some mail from uh, one of our listeners who submitted this one saying that at the very moment Matt Winley was breaking the story that James Teresi was coming back to Melbourne Victory, the Talking City boys were recording a James Teresi signing podcast. So they finished the podcast, and as they finished it, they realised James Teresi is signed for Melbourne Victory. So, Sucked in. Yeah, a bit of a member of the week to those guys as well. 
but we'll get on to this week's member of the week. So the first member of the week for season three of A Buck's Sake is Taylor Regan, who lined up uh, Mitch Austin, an absolute beauty, a, a good old-fashioned hip and shoulder, which didn't really get any kind of punishment at all. Fox Sports were saying it was a beauty, beautiful hit. Uh, could have killed Mitch Austin, surely. Did she, she uh, got sent off for that? Would have changed the complexion of the game, I would have thought. It really polarised uh, soccer Twitter that evening, that, that incident. Uh, to me, yeah, absolutely should have been a booking at the very least. There's all sorts of arguments about it that, you know, he... Um, it was because Mitch Austin had a poor touch and everything like that. But, yeah, look, I don't think so. Uh, and the way in which Fox Sports kind of celebrated the moment, uh, I was very, very impressed with Mitch Austin's reply very to nice. that tweet. Didn't hold back. And just basically said, uh, I think uh, Jace might have the tweet up, but if he doesn't, replied to the uh, Fox News. Nah, I'm tweet. just sending a message to my girlfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dedicated to the cause. <laughs> no, but he said something about uh, it could have broken my neck or something like that. It's all good until someone breaks their neck, something, something yeah, similar look, to that. And if you look at the, the way the entire game panned out, there were some challenges in the second half that Melbourne Victory were awarded yellow cards for mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, we're, we're nothing in comparison to that. And I'm not one at all to usually bang on about referees, but it did seem a little bit unbalanced that evening. And, yeah, look, didn't, didn't like it at all. Uh, yeah, no place for it in this game. South Australians just running with their kick a Vic. Absolutely. Yeah, their kick a Vic <laughs> motto that's been around forever. Mm. So uh, Taylor Regan is this week's member of the week, the first for the year, and um, we'll see what happens in the next week, next few weeks, if he gets a few more. But uh, no one's, no one's uh, safe from the Mehmet. episode in which uh, Rudy Edsel took the chair for you guys. I think the signing news became official that Mateus Sanchez, the Argentinian, uh, has signed for Melbourne Victory, a defensive midfielder who seems to be tall- have been toiling away a few different clubs over the last five or six years. From memory, had a, from from what I saw, he's had about seven different clubs in the last five years. So someone who hasn't really. Uh, Established himself in any club, similar to what I guess Gay Flinkle might or have been before James he got here. Doisy. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, Dave, I want to discuss this with you because you're you've got a bit of a theory about what this indicates for Melbourne Victory's season and, and, in particular, their formation. Is this a sign that Kevin Musket's going to change things up and go ahead with the back three? Yeah, look, it's 
on the surface of it, not the signing we expected. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we lost Rojas. We don't have a left-sided fullback. So to see that we were signing another midfielder, a defensive midfielder, no less, it wasn't what we expected. Uh, having said that, you know, there's two possible theories around this. And Kev could be thinking that it's a an insurance policy of sorts, knowing that Valeri is getting on, knowing that Milligan will be missing for Socceroos duties a fair a fair bit, and maybe he has no plans to sign a left-back and Broxham and Negro other other men for that role. So there's all sorts of scuttlebutt flying around, around you know, that being one of the theories. The other theory being that perhaps Kev, considering he spent a fair amount of time at the Confederations Cup with Ange Postacoglu, who, of course, has recently switched to this wing-back system with a back three. Um, it could be signalling a bit of a possible formation change. Two things on that. I'll believe it when I see it. And secondly, there have been no real signs of that happening at training from what I hear from my uh, people on the ground. So so part of your theory is, from what you've sent me before, is that you would see Milligan moving into the back, the back Absolutely, three. Absolutely, yeah. So, so this kind, kind of, of three, like... Three, four, three. Yeah. yeah. So the only, only, I guess, thing I'd have to say about that is that during the week, Mark Milligan said that for the Socceroos, he didn't want to play f- in defence. He wanted to, to play as a midfielder. So I would just have some reservations about... Melbourne Victory signing Mark Milligan and saying, as a marquee, and saying, well, you're going to play, to play in defence. He's, he's coming probably to play in the midfield. So I'm, I'm thinking it's more of an insurance policy. But that just, once again, you have that whole thing last year where we signed uh, Beister as insurance, a foreigner as insurance. It just seems like a bit of a waste of a foreign spot to me. It does. Um, having said that, it's a long campaign with the ACL, as we know. Having that extra body, you know, capable midfielder um, to pull the strings is, is a handy thing to have. We were very often, during the last ACL campaign, having to throw Mahazi in there. Yeah, and, you sure. know, for all his wares, you know, isn't the sort of player who can dictate the tempo and, and you know, protect the back four as we, as we might like at this level. And in particular, in the, you know, in the Asian Champions League. So... Look, to see Kev make such a drastic change in formation would be a massive surprise. But, you know, as I said, he spent some time with Kev, with Kev, with Ange, and there could be, there could be some truth to it. I don't know. There has, to be, there has to be a change, though, doesn't there, to that formation? I don't believe we've some... got people capable and good enough to play the, wing, the bombing kind of game flipping backs. I don't, I don't think we've got... I think Broxham can, can play it. On the other Garia, side, we're going to put Garia. It's yeah. suspect and... Well, he already kind of plays this sort of advanced... You know, he does get up a bit already in the current formation. Yeah, look, it's it's all scuttlebutt and, and you know... You really don't know until we moment. see who else we sign. We've still got a lot, yeah. of, a lot of guys yeah, to I sign. Yeah, I mean, we're going to need Matthias Sanchez in round one when we start the campaign again on an international week. I'm pretty sure we're yeah. doing that, Yeah, exactly. We? So he'll get a start straight away. So we'll see what he's made of. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see Valeri and Sanchez probably... Uh, in that round one game when Milligan's off on Socceroos duty. But um, just leading on to some of the other areas that are problematic right now, Jase, um, Rojas, you know, we talked about it in our little lightning pod a few weeks back yeah. when he left for the Dutch Eredivisie 
Uh, you know, we've still not signed a replacement for him. Hearing some rumours about uh, Juan Manuel Martinez, potential Rojas replacement. Is that Nico Martinez's sibling? Yes, it is. 31 years old. Some rumours about City also being interested in his yeah. services. Um, look, it's hard to know what kind of role he'll play or what kind of... play. Well, it, it seems to me, looking at his CV and the type of player he is, he's more like a, an FBK replacement. Tends to drop inside a lot more than, mm-hmm. than, than perhaps Marco, who was that, you know, 15 byline. 15-goal-a-year winger. Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah. That's that's what we need to replace with. We can't have a decent. We can't replace with a handy player. Yeah. We need to replace with a fifteen goal a year winger. Well, I assume the resources are there to do it. It has to be a natural foreigner spot. It has to go to a foreigner. We've got that up our sleeve. I think you go after a really well known, well, hopefully a well known attacking mid uh, attacking player for that spot. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do five weeks out from the season. You have to find someone and integrate them into a system pretty quickly. Yeah, it's it's going to be a real challenge for the uh, DVD watchers down at uh, Melbourne <laughs> Melbourne Victory, um, trying to figure out. You know, obviously, the the transfer windows are are open at the moment, so I believe they shut in a few days in in Europe. Yeah, four or five days. So look, there might be some news coming to light. It'll probably happen after we record. So scoop this. up the free agents, you reckon? Yeah, well, e- even the ability for European clubs to partake in transfer activity, you yeah. know, there's the window shuts. So that's 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 going to be the real spot that needs filling for us, as, as you said, 15, 15 goals a year. And we'll talk about goals. We still don't have a second striker in the squad, mm-hmm. like a natural, natural goal scorer. So. I, I, think it's, I think it's just difficult to find uh, uh, someone who's going to back up Barisha because he played on average about 84 minutes last year. Yeah, he's the Iron Man. Yeah, so, 1, 000, so what can you do? There's, there's just so little flexibility there with Kevin's system unless he does change up the formation to perhaps you know cl- include two out-and-out strikers. I don't understand, yeah. I don't think there's a, a need for a backup striker apart from who, who have we got in the youth ranks, this uh, Pierce-Wearing kind of guy. Yeah, and, he, he's, you know, the season, the NPL 2 season's just finished. He scored 10 goals in yeah. that. Um, so did Nicholas. But I mean, that's, that's a, it's like relying on George Howard as we have done for the last two, two, two or it's three a huge years. Step up. Yeah, and he has it ne- is. he's never really integrated him in the squad to no. see how he goes. So uh, have full faith in the kid. He's gun. He's an absolute gun. So. Let's talk about the left back position though, because that mm-hmm. that at the moment is the other big gaping hole aside from the Rojas situation. And you know, at the moment we've seen Kev employ Broxham and Negro at yeah. various times in that position. Uh, it, is that something that, you know, is worth persisting with? To me, no, we need a natural left-sided player, particularly being in an ACL year. Uh, I've been steadfast in this the whole time. I think we've done three episodes now. I've said that Broxham will probably be the starting left-back, in my opinion. I, th- I don't think he did a bad job last year when he was playing no, with Georgievsky. And it's so if you've got faith in him... No, you know, there's no disparaging things I have to say about Broxham when he's asked to play as a left-back. It's a question of having the the left-sided full-back player for a, for a much longer campaign and being able to utilise Broxham in other ways. Yeah, I would have liked us to go in for Jason Davidson, but he's mm. uh, he's gone to Rijeka. He's all, all but uh, signed for Rijeka in Croatia. I watched them a couple of times too over 
over my holiday, and they're very good, very good in the Champions League qualifiers too. I did see that um, rumor, and whether whether it has actually happened now, that that'd be interesting. Like I, I was actually discussing. Jason Davidson with a few people on Twitter last we week. We've been uh, the perfect club for him in a World Cup year. Yeah. Rudy and then uh, Ben and Paul Williams were having a bit of a chat about him, and you know he's kind of on the outer where he was, uh, and 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 it just seems like a perfect opportunity given what we've got a record with rejuvenating careers of uh, fringe soccer players and getting them back in the in the frame for national team selection. Mm. And you just want those Australian players when it comes to ACL time where you don't have to worry yeah. about um, chopping, chopping and culling a visa spot and putting someone out of, out of favour like, really like we've seen in the past. It really would have been the perfect, perfect signing. The, the question is always money because where he is at the moment, uh, is it Huddersfield? Yeah, he was at Huddersfield, yeah. yeah. Look, he would have been on fairly decent coin. He would have had to have taken a bit of a haircut to come play for us. Yeah, and I think he's shown in the past that uh, he's kind of forced moves and left bad tastes in uh, the mouths of some of the clubs he's been at and really pursued this. Like, I think he really screwed his team in Holland mm. and forced the move. And a couple of, a couple of his moves haven't worked out for him. That's why he's lost his Socceroos spot. So Rieko would be a good move for him, but I, I would have thought Melbourne victory would have been better. But obviously, you know, we've been shit-canning a lot of young Socceroos for not sticking it out in Europe and coming home, but this time we actually really wanted this one to come home. So there's no actual Australian left-backs of note that are available. Yeah. So you can only assume oh, that if we one. are trying... He was, yeah, he was the, the one. one. Yeah. If we are trying, it, it would have to be a foreigner. I've said it a few times now. It would be amazing if this left-back could be of uh, Asian descent, mm-hmm. you know, someone that was eligible as that plus-one player in the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, we've got the, the local league, the uh, MPL coming to a close soon. Um, you could you could see us maybe raiding a couple of the clubs. If, uh, if you get a raid in the MPL club, why is it, why wouldn't you just stick Broxham there? You know what you're going to get with him. Oh, I think he's going to be the man. Yeah, yeah I, I can't. I, the the longer it goes on, where we haven't signed someone, you can see yeah. that he you can trust him and he'll do the job for you. Speaking of raiding clubs, if we were going to raid anyone, it has to be Kenny Atu or Athiu. Sorry if I got the pronunciation wrong there, but. Leading goal scorer in the NPL for uh, the the Premier's Plate winners, Heidelberg. Uh, they're still in the FFA Cup. If you've seen him show his wares in that competition, he would be an amazing player to have off the bench as a backup to Bessar Barisha. Mm. Uh, just a quick one on Broxham before we move on to the next point. At this stage of the year, every single year, he's... When you do your first 11, he's always on the bench. Mm. By the end of the season, he's always... Always. He's first always first picked. 11. Yeah. First pick, yeah. So, yeah, don't discount Broxham. And I'm, I'm behind him as left back for oh, the year. Absolutely. Year. Absolutely no problem. Yeah. Absolutely. If we said we were looking in other areas, fine. Yes. Yeah. Peg him in there. Good. Yeah. Uh, Socceroos call-ups. James Teresi and Mark Milligan were named in the final 23 to take on Japan this week. And I think... Thailand as well, yeah, Uh, and they're both set to play pretty crucial roles. Uh, Obviously, with Yedinak out, Milligan will be anchoring the midfield, I assume. Um, So, yeah, really big, uh, big, a big responsibility for both of those uh, players to really uh, get Australia through to the World Cup, which is still not a foregone conclusion. Yeah, this has been one of my hobby horses over the off season. The fact that we are the only A League club to have two. Pretty serious Socceroos players in in our starting lineup. Now you could argue that Troisi is not a nailed-on starter for the Socceroos, and that's probably the case. But he is very much an integral part of yeah, it. Yeah, very crucial. Milligan is a nailed-on player. 
as far as I'm concerned, if you look across the rest of the A-League, you know, there are no other clubs that can put their hand up and say that they have that calibre of Australian player. So as much as it hurts to miss him for round one, or miss both of them really for, for round one and the various other times that the Socceroos will be playing, I'd rather have the best Australian players possible than to not be in the yeah, equation. Well, yeah. I think that's, that's something the club really tries to always do. Have, yeah. have, have top-line Socceroos. So. I think really it's up to the FFA to finally pull their finger out. Mind you, they've got a few fingers to pull mm. out of a number of issues right now, but um, about this international break issue that oh. the league faces. It's just abysmal. Uh, just are we going to make the World Cup, I guess, is a question as well. Do you, do you fancy our chances against Japan? I, I'm certainly on the fence about it. Oh, look, we always lift against Japan. I think it'll be the sort of game there's so much pressure on both sides. Uh, the Japanese people right now, I'm reading a lot about how you know, they're absolutely primed for this and it's always such a big encounter uh, as to whether we can get the job done against them on home soil. I'm doubtful. Mm. I think we'll knock Thailand over. But if we can scrape a draw in Japan, I'd I be pretty happy. scrape a draw in Japan and make hard work of beating Thailand here. Yeah, it seems to be the Socceroos' way. Uh, new kits were released during the week. As I said, it's always one of the most favourite moments for Buck fans. Oh, I love talking about the kits. I like it. I like seeing the, um, the rhetoric. Yeah. Um, now, this was really interesting because interesting. <laughs> so many like people were against one kit in favour of another kit, but then other fans were like the complete opposite. So and this year it was like a complete spin because usually it's like, oh, the away kit's trash. Yeah. The away kit's trash. Everyone this year is like, away kit's fucking mint. Yeah. So. No, I was I was into the away kit. I thought it was I pretty like good. Uh, I like I like the V. on there, mate. No, that's the home kit, which has added an Optifight. Absolutely woeful. Yeah. What Mr. Opti, Mr. Opti Slim, I, we heard that he, he got the um, sponsorship for, a, he got a good deal. Yeah. I think he's maximised his deal. Like, how the fuck do you fit two products? <laughs> Here's a tip. Slim down on the amount of sponsors oh. yeah. on the kit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's all business, isn't it? Oh, the clubs, woeful. the clubs making money. That's a yeah, good thing, right? Yeah. A lot of people happy about the V uh, gradually being phased out. Yeah, really. But yeah. this is the same kit, isn't it? The home kit's just the same, just with the addition of the Optivite and oh, the new so Abe logo. There's a, there's a little orange strip just under the under on the away the kit. On the away kit, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. That's the away yeah. kit, yeah. People so, like, oh, that'd be so good if there wasn't the orange strip. No, I like, the, I like the orange People strip. People just fucking pick on everything yeah. when it comes to shirts. But I, I quite like the away I strip. I think it would have been okay. I don't think you need to put the Southern Cross in there and try and justify it. I think it would have been just worked just fine if it was just a gradient without the stars on there. But I like the uh, the new away kit. I'm a big fan of that. And the uh, the new sponsor, Freestyle Foods. Welcome aboard, boys. Great to have you on board, Melbourne Victory, for season 2017-18. What do they do? Do they do wings or... Uh... I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. They're in the mould of an Oliano. <laughs> yeah, pro- possibly. Distributor. D. Pietro loves, you loves know, his fruit. Loves his fruit. Loves yeah. his foods. He's uh, surely would have uh, for sure negotiated that contract on his own. And uh, yeah, once again, the 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 fans were quick to point out the fact that we have uh, KOC as a sponsor and also a weight loss supplement, which is always interesting. Uh, some also some going on in the. Uh, in the North End, uh, is the North End regulars. Now, uh, during the week on Facebook, a, a group popped up um, claiming that they were going to um, start a new group 
behind the North End, claimed to also be independent. But then over the weekend, the Moen Victory Subcommittee Twitter account, which we believe to be an official account of the club, tweeted us the link to this amongst other fan crews such as the BWB and things like that. So I'm not too sure how independent these guys are. I probably should have sent a message to them asking what they're all about. I didn't get around to it. Um, thoughts? I enjoyed Tunes from the BWB's engagement with them. Yeah. Thought it was quite funny. Yeah. And the way that they gave him a serious response. <laughs> yeah, so for people who don't follow Twitter too often, because we, we love to talk about it on this podcast, but we realise not everyone goes on it. You should. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Melbourne Victory Subcommittee Twitter, which runs, I think, I guess, previously run the group, made a tweet for the first time in about two years. Yeah. Um, they included us and also the BWB and Melbourne Victory News, which is a, a fan-run account, uh, saying, you know, this is a new... Get, get on board, and Tuna, who wasn't wasn't for it at all, goes, oh, this is great. Where do I sign up? Completely sarcastic. And yeah. then they sent a tweet back saying, well, here's a link. You can sign up here. Yeah. Well, whoever they're, whoever they're being, yeah, <laughs> that was that was a classic. Whoever's advising the committee um, probably needs to have some better advice uh, mm. about their I'll, entry I'll, into I'll this discussion. Advice. I'll give you some advice, guys. The North End is never going to work yeah there you go i agree (laughs) that's it it's over yeah the advice that they yeah to to engage with social media in that way around this particular topic is always going to end poorly because no one wants and that speaks for the majority of people that i know who are north end people no one wants anything imposed on them Mm -hmm. at all and would prefer to see some kind of organic thing grow out of the terrace, much like we saw bits of last organic season. Is the buzzword when it, it is, com- when it comes around to that fruit yeah. season. You've we've got, got fruit sponsors. All that organic. We've got organic <laughs> supporter culture. Yeah. Look, I mean, and I'm, a, you know, the big biggest fan of the whole notion of organic culture because that's exactly what the end that we stand in is all about. It, it sort of grew from, you know, this necessity to have our own little patch and develop our own little things. So I can totally understand why it's a big, big thing for people in the North End. What will happen is they'll get something or if someone like fucking strikes gold and can get something organic happening and there's a big swell, ground swell and there's big atmosphere there and there's a shitload of people there and it becomes more and more dense, the cops will kill it. That's it and that's why it'll never work. It's become really difficult for something to grow because of the... I guess the the ticketing and security and everything has been structured in such a way that you can't just rock up on match day and waltz right in like you used to back in the day, which is what led it to being such a fantastic end. So that's my little takeaway from this to anyone wanting to start some kind of North End thing is to realise what are the fundamental things that made it great back in the day. Mm. And it really was that freedom of movement, freedom of association side of it. That's what really let it grow. And a bit of mutual respect, you know, shown to, you know, paying customers essentially and, you know, not a, not having this, I guess, aggressive stance, you know, with security, you know, and, and police and ensuring that 
people are respected as, as patrons when they come in to watch a game. Yeah, as I said, the last time we had this podcast, the North End has been broken for longer than it was fixed. So, yeah. as Bud said, it's never going to work. I mean, but and that's it. That's our four and a half minutes dedicated to the saga for the season. Yeah, true. I don't. I don't like talking about it. He is a cynical man, though. Our, our our mate, man of the people. No, here. I agree with him. I agree with him. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about quickly just before we leave. Uh, uh, the next uh, preseason friendly is scheduled for this Friday. Why would you schedule a Friday preseason friendly in Ballarat? I can't go. I can't go to it. I got no, work. Don't worry, Timmy will be there. The Bucks will be there. No. It, it's, um, it's in it's in Ballarat on Friday, Morse September first. Morsehead Park, seven thirty p.m. Who are we playing? Brisbane, Brisbane Raw, which Again. we already played. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Aloisi and and Kev probably hang out um, in between these games. You know, mm. coffee shops and. What not? So There's a club that can't even fucking pay their players, and they're sending them down to Ballarat for a preseason friendly. We're probably paying for it. Probably. I'm not sure how that works. Um, <laughs> do I dare ask you for a prediction? Does anyone care? No. <laughs> good, good to see uh, football going to Ballarat, though. It's good to get out to the regional areas. Um, yeah, would yeah. mean great if you put it on a Saturday or Sunday, but I guess the negative influences might go to it and catch the V line down. So Just make it hard a, as possible get a for good the. Uh, in Ballarat. Yeah. yeah. Some good craft beer too. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when we're going to be back. Probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, Hang on, we forgot to talk about the, the radio rights. Uh, oh, yes, Keith, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, one, actually, you, one, you, you brought this to my attention, uh, boys. So yeah. I'm kind of piggybacking off that. But um, the A-League radio rights, if you're a person as old as me, you used to listen to things on the radio more than... More the wireless, than, uh, than, as you used yeah, to call it. Wireless, um, particularly with Aussie rules back in the day. But um, the radio rights are an important thing as far as I'm concerned, you know, particularly if you're travelling and you can't always watch the game. But um, it's been ABC Grandstand for a lot of the journey, and particularly in the last few years, um, and a few other independent sort of uh, stations across the country. But the rights have actually been secured by Croc Media. Tell me a bit about Croc Media, boys. Um, it's run it, by Hachi. It's run and owned. It's a... He's really making moves. He's making yeah. waves. He does a lot of shit behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, basically, it's the home of Hutchie and Damien Barrett, and people that hear that are just not going to be happy. No, about yeah. The A League being fundamentally owned by Hutchie and Barrett, but um, I'm sure he'll whatever he does with it, and whoever he gets on board, he probably will probably do it well. Yeah, look, he's not he's not buying into this to to give it a shit kind of no, coverage. He might he's be a fat slob looking dude and when he has his own shows, mm. doesn't cover himself in glory. But when it comes to behind the scenes and business kind of things, and some of the podcasts that those guys do as well are really, really good. Yeah. Like, the, he gives a shit about his sport and gives a shit about his business. Yeah, he, he's someone that can get commercial backing as well for his stuff. So and that's really that's really positive. Absolutely no doubt with the actual product that we have in this country, like, doesn't go for much. So he's mm. probably got it at a bargain basement price and found a way that he reckons he's going to be able to make a buck off it. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. So, yeah, increased coverage, especially in remote areas, which I think a lot of remote fans are crying out for stuff like that. Um, there'll be increased... Places like Ballarat. Yeah, places like Ballarat. <laughs> they'll be getting additional elite coverage, which is great for them. Uh, also, I think you'll have, you know, exclusive elite content, maybe even some comp- um, competition for us boys. They might make an exclusive Melbourne Victory show. Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll have to see. Hopefully they don't, because um, obviously we'd be a lot better than us. Cracks knuckles. No way. <laughs> nah, no way. Nah, no we're way. the best. Only we're original the best. The best. Yeah. 
so I think we'll leave it there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some more preseason Look, hopefully friendlies. Hopefully, we can do a little express one after we fucking sign a killer winger. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, in the next five days, we sign a killer winger and we can give the Vucks a bit more. And I might, if there's probably, there's going to be more preseason friendlies announced, I might get out to one and do a bit of uh, a preseason yeah, Fox spot. We'll go on a little road trip. Yeah. Not so Bella That's a sterling idea, chaps. Yeah. yeah get, get, your, get your calendar out and see if you can I will, do it mate. or not, mate. <laughs> Send you the outlook invite. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, it's great to have you back on board. Uh, the boys back in the studio for the first time this year. Uh, we'll be coming at you in a couple of weeks' time, but then more regular as the season gets closer to starting. For now, it is goodbye and... On the back. On. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.